0: Welcome back to the Let's Talk Details podcast. We are so happy that you are here. You decided to press play. Thank you for joining us. We love it. We love to see it. Today, we're going to be talking about three ways to grow your inquiry to booking rates. It is important to walk through the buy process to know how buyers buy while you are booking your prospects, your clients, whatever industry that you're in, name a name. So today we're going to be talking about the buy process, what that is, why it's important to know, and we're also be talking about three ways that you can increase that inquiry to booking rate. We're going to be talking about your emails, calls, details, all the things. We are so excited. We have a jam-packed episode for you. So without further ado, let's get going.
1: Hey there, you're listening to the Let's Talk Details podcast with Brie Cooper and Claire Roach. Two entrepreneurs with widely different backgrounds, but one common purpose. To embolden and educate you to take your wedding business to the next level. All while having fun and reminding you of the truth we often forget, that you can do it and you are a rock star. Each week, we'll show up to provide you with effective online marketing strategies for small businesses in the wedding industry. Practical wedding planning tips and tricks for the modern bride with two BFFs that you didn't know you needed. It's the Let's Talk Details podcast, and we're so dang glad you're here. So maybe you're sitting there, you're standing there, listening to this podcast, and you're like, you know what? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to take this step towards this someday dream of mine and make it a little bit closer to today. Maybe you're ready for more personal coaching. Maybe you're ready to build a community of women surrounding you uh, who are going to encourage you and empower you and support you as you take every step. Maybe you're ready to start your own wedding planning business. And you're listening to this podcast, which thank you very much for doing that. Keep listening. We will continue to provide episodes and support and all the things to help you one step at a time. But... If you're looking for one more step, one more thing you can do to get you closer to that goal, I want to tell you a little bit about the Let's Talk Details workshop. We are throwing our final Let's Talk Details workshop. It is going to be a virtual workshop over the weekend of March 20th, and it is going to include everything. I mean, it's literally everything I wish I had known when I started my business. We're gonna give you the tips, the resources, the community, everything from learning more about personalized branding to how to price yourself and build out packages to all the tips and tricks that you can really only learn if you're doing the job. Fleshing out design for couples, helping you set goals, everything. I mean, literally everything. It is one of the best things that we do. And it's one of my all-time favorite things. So we're throwing it this year and I want to invite you to be part of it. We are only taking 10 attendees. We're only filling 10 spots. So be sure to head over to our website, gritandgraceevents.com forward slash workshop to join the waitlist and learn more. Okay. So if you clicked on this episode, you also want your inquiry to booking rates to go up. Now, you probably are like, well, maybe, I don't know. You're all intelligent people, so you might already know this. But if you're wondering what exactly does that even mean, what I, what we're talking about today is how do we increase the percentage of people that put in a little inquiry on your website to the number of people that actually book? So let's say you get 100 inquiries and 40 people book, you have a 40%... Inquiry to booking rate. There's probably a better word for it, but that's what I'm going to call it because it makes sense to me. So we want to get that as close to 100% as possible, but we also want to make sure that you are catching the attention of the right client for you, right? So if you have 100 inquiries and 50%, 50% of them can't afford you or out of, you're out of their budget or their style is not quite what you're looking for or for like in Breeze situation, maybe it's a company that doesn't really align with what the kind of companies you want to be serving, then that's not really as effective as we want it to be, right? So we're talking about how do we increase the number of people that are like really great potential clients in your inbox and how do we increase the amount of people that actually book you? Because that is the dream, is it not? So it kind of seems like it might take forever to build a reputation to do that. Maybe you feel like you need to be published in X, Y, or Z places. You need to work with these big names. But the truth is that Bree and I, neither of us have 10,000 followers on Instagram. Although perhaps by the time this airs, we'll have blown up <laughs> and we will. <laughs> we don't got that swipe up, but we do have pretty high above average inquiry to booking rates. So we wanted to speak to what can you do right here, right now? How can you build your business in a way that fosters that kind of environment for the people that are looking to work with you? So before we even jump into the things that we think you can incorporate literally, literally today, I wanted Bree to talk a little bit about the buyer's process because this was something I had no idea existed. And then she was like, yo, this is a thing and it kind of changed everything. So, yeah. Take it away, Bree. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks. This is actually not my resource I need to say. This is my dad's. My dad is a sales consultant and he has a whole he has seven books, but he has a whole book dedicated to this process and he always says buyers buy in a process. They do. <laughs> there is a process to which buyers buy and it's pretty accurate. It's like psychologically proven. And you'll notice yourself in this process as you make a buying decision next time you make one. And it can be anything, services, products, anything. So we're gonna walk through the five steps. The first one is they inquire. So they go to your website, they find you on social, they find you on Google, the knot, wedding wire, however, they find you, they inquire about you. They're checking out everything. They just, you really just come into their their radar. The second step is that they look for education. They'll educate themselves on your product, on your service, about you. So they'll click on your services, they'll click on your portfolio, they'll click on your about page, they'll go through your website, and they'll really just become familiar with you. The second or the third step is they will look for validation. So they'll jump on that call with you, they'll look for you to validate Everything about what they just learned on your website. So they're looking for your prices. They're looking for your services. They're looking for you to say, "Yes, I'm a fun person to work with. We're going to do this. I totally understand your vision. <laughs> this is going to be great." And they look for that validation from you. My dad has this thing in this step called "towards and away" language. We want to be, we want to go towards the the prospect, not away from them. And so what this means is when they're looking for validation, you don't say yeah, well, like, what are you, what are you looking for? Or how could I, how can I serve you? You can say more so like, this is how I've served people. And so they can place themselves into that narrative themselves. It's quicker for them because then sometimes they don't know what they're looking for, right? They're looking for you to to validate that. Then the fourth phase is they will justify the price. So they'll say, you know what? I think Claire's a pretty cool gal. (laughs) I think that she's worth it. I've seen her work. I've seen her prices. I've seen her services. She's cool. I think we'll work together well. I'm going to justify that. And then the last most important step is I'll decide. And the reason why this is important is because as a marketer myself and as a small business owner, it's important to know where your buyer's at in the process and to meet them at every step. This is just a process to make their yeses like turn quicker. My dad always says yeses are great. Noes are great. Maybes will kill you. (laughs) you want to you want to yes or you want to no and this is just going to shorten that process for you and it will increase your booking rate and because if they say no then you can move just on to somebody else so within that it's really important to know where everyone's at so the first thing that we're going to talk about when it comes to this, it's like, I want to give the example of Instagram stories, consistent posting, offering value regularly. This is going to come at the education phase. So when people are looking at you, looking at, or even inquire phase, I'll maybe say in between these phases. If they're looking at you, they're finding you, they're looking for your services, they're looking for your portfolio, your work, what you offer them you need to make sure you're meeting the, the prospect where they're at in that journey. And the way you do that is by showing up regularly, showing that you have value, showing that you can offer them something. So that might look like testimonials on your Instagram, um, showing up with tips, offering ways for them to connect with you in a in a better way. Like, for example, Claire loves coffee. And if they love coffee, they can be like, oh my gosh, another coffee lover, so cool. <laughs> and so um, that's more in the education phase. And I'll give another example of reviews. That's in between the education and the validation phase. So they're looking for other people to validate you as well. So there's just some examples, but it's really important, again, to understand this process as we're talking about how to increase your booking rates because we want to meet the prospect or the client where they're at in that journey.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I just want to say that, yes, Instagram stories, consistent posting offers, offering value regularly is really valuable. I think it's also important to talk about like, brie and I both actually have different experiences with these things and what we feel comfortable doing and how that works. And so I know that when people say like, show up on your Instagram stories and show your face and blah, 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 you know, there's value to that. There's, they're telling the truth, but it can feel kind of daunting if it doesn't come naturally to you or maybe you just don't feel comfortable with it or maybe you're just like, Good gracious, I'm so busy. Like, how am I supposed to find time to like post my face on Instagram? So I just like, I wanna give the example of perhaps for you, you're in that spot where you're like, gosh, I know that I need to show up more on my Instagram stories. Maybe I know that I need to show my face more on my feed. A good rule of thumb, which I believe I heard this from Jenna Kutcher, if I'm not mistaken, is to have at least one photo of your face in the first nine your most recent nine posts. And the reason for that is that when somebody goes to your profile, those are the first things that they see. So what is your nine photo grid? The first nine that somebody sees, what does that include? Because if it includes your face, there's a lot higher chance they're going to click on that or they're going to click on something that you have posted. So people are just intrigued by your face. Let's be real. People love human to human. Yeah. So also a s- complete side yeah. note on
0: that an interesting fact is it takes when someone comes to your profile in the inquire phase, um, it takes them one to two seconds to decide whether or not they want to follow you. So that Ooh. means they're not reading your, your bio. They're not reading your captions. They're literally just looking at the first nine images. Yeah. They're for
1: sure not reading your captions. If they're anything no. like mine, they're definitely not reading them because they are a novel. They're, long. Long. they're lengthy. I just can't <laughs> help it. But you, know, this is actually a perfect little segue is like, for me writing, speaking, anything like that has to do with putting language to feelings, emotions, thoughts, anything has always been something that I've loved. Even as a kid, like I loved reading. I loved writing. I loved using words and language to express how I was feeling or a story. I mean, it just like, I think it's something that I just was born with, which is like really frustrating when somebody says that. But for me, I've realized that that is a strength of mine that I definitely can like continue to refine. But, you know, I that is a strength. so I want to hone in on that. So for me, showing up on Instagram stories, I've gotten really used to it and I feel really comfortable with it. And I figured out my process and same with stories with posting, like I love writing captions. I, they come to me usually at 11 PM at night. And it's quite frustrating because <laughs> I've always wanted to be a morning person, but my work brain just like spins crazy, crazy at night. So all of that. And so that's what works for me, but I know that for Brie showing up on stories is a little bit of a different story. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. That, that was not intentional, but I'm proud of it. So, yeah. It just looks yeah. a little different.
0: Yeah, for sure. I actually, it's funny because I, I remember this so vividly. This is like probably an embarrassing moment. And I'm just going to share it because the safe space. But I remember our first virtual Let's Talk Details workshop. Right. I was telling all the girls like, show up, show up and all these things. And then they're like, what's your Instagram handle? And I literally had like nothing. And I was like, wow, I sound so hypocritical because I'm just telling people to show up and then I'm not showing up either. And it's still like actively hard for me to show up because when you're in my position, and this is not an excuse, but just more saying where I'm at, when I'm doing everybody else's social, which I'm actually taking a step back from. But when I'm doing everybody else's social, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, I really want to do mine now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because I'm doing everybody else's. It's hard. And so... Anyway, it's still a struggle. And then ultimately, like we've talked about this, I struggle with mental health, depression, anxiety, and some days I literally just don't feel like showing up. And And in those days, that's fine. Yeah, Yeah. that's totally fine. So all that to say, it does look different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Find what works for you, but just make sure that you are showing up consistently to whatever whatever that looks like for you.
1: Right, because then people can expect it and people know yeah. that you're there. And yeah. just like a really practical tip that I would say, if it feels hard to show up on Instagram or you don't want to show your face or whatever, maybe you start by not showing your face. You start by posting a picture like this is the most Claire, example, I could give a picture of me walking with my coffee by the beach because I live by the beach and I love my coffee and it is the best thing ever. Or I post a picture of the waves or a video. I love videos of the ocean. I just think it's like mesmerizing. You know, so maybe you start just by showing little pockets of your life. Don't be, don't feel like you have to show every detail of your life, but show what you feel comfortable showing and then get to a point where you might feel comfortable doing a story talking about your most recent post. Or maybe then you'll feel comfortable one time, let's say, You're a wedding planner and you had an experience with a couple and you learned a lot. You learned uh, that you should never, that you should always ask about if they have a cake cutter and a cake knife cake knife and cake server. Those are the words, you know, so then you're like, you know what, that actually could be really beneficial information for me to share on Instagram, super easy, super simple comes naturally, because this is something I've learned and something that I want to share and really adds value to my followers on their feed. Then maybe that's your next step. And once you get to that point, maybe you don't post every day on your, your face every day, you the goal maybe is to work up to that. But maybe you say, okay, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm committed to being more active on my stories. It's good boundaries. And once you feel comfortable with that, then maybe you expand. So it doesn't have to be like tomorrow you need to show up with your face, you know, and have mastered how to do Instagram stories. Maybe it's just one step at a time. And so it's important to start where you are. I, this is a bit of a tangent and this will be the last thing I say before we jump into our actual three tips. But I started doing wedding tip Wednesday, which at this point I've we've done a lot more written resources. So we do a lot more blogs. Obviously there's this podcast. I definitely share some things on Wedding Tip Wednesday, but um, it used to be something that I did every single Wednesday. I started when I had less than, I don't know, maybe I had 200 something followers, like nothing. So I felt like I was literally just talking to my family, but it would take me an hour to post those stories. Like, and they were like maybe eight slides. It just took forever. And so, but now it's a bit quicker for me because I've done it for a while. And so- just like be honest about where you're at and honor that and give yourself grace and maybe set a value goal or just a goal in general and work towards that. But we've talked about this before. It's just important that you show up as yourself because nobody else can be you. Nobody else can be you. And you don't need, we don't need two Claire's in the world. We don't need two breeze in the world. We have one and that's enough. Mm -hmm. And so I think the same is true with Instagram stories and, and posting and stuff. So, yeah. anyways, that's a bit of a tangent, but I feel pretty passionate about that. We love the tangents. <laughs> we love tangents, but I don't know if our listeners love tangents. Let us know if you like the tangents. Seriously, let us know because
0: just let us know. There's only one way to find out. Um, Lead a review. Probably yes, a nice one. Yes, seriously. But, you know, you
1: could be you could be nice. Yeah, constructively criticism. Yes. Yes. Totally. So. The whole point of this podcast is the three simple ways to grow your inquiry to booking rates. We've talked about the buyer's process. Now we're going to jump into those actual three items. And Bree and I are speaking from places of experience, but also we, with our workshop, the Let's Talk Details workshop, this is something that we encourage all of our attendees to do. And we've watched there be greater success with them as a result of these. So (laughs) anyways, um, the first one. The first one is your emails, your emails, your emails. Bree, could you expand a little bit on, we talk about email lists sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, could you expand on like why it's important and yes. a little bit on that before I jump into like practical steps?
0: Yes. Well, there's so much I can do here. I'm going to step away from the lead gen side because this is not what we're talking about. Can you we're tell talking me what about- a lead gen is? Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes, Claire, I can tell you what Elite does. <laughs> um, so, the reason why you have emails is like I said, I will get into it. So, your Instagram followers, your Facebook followers, wherever you use, they're not yours. You can wake up one day, and thankfully, this is 2021, so maybe not all the crazy things are happening, <laughs> but who knows? Uh, yes, but the year is still young
1: but <laughs> <that's> horrible. <laughs> 2020 has really wrecked us. It okay. really,
0: the PTSD is, is there. It's so real anyways, but you can wake up one day and Instagram just can decide not to be a company anymore. And then all your followers, the way that you communicate with your audience could be gone. So I always say build an email list because you have more control over it. Also emails are still the most effective way to sell your mm-hmm. services or products. Mm-hmm. So a lead gen It's short for a lead generator, a lead generation. Basically, when you go on a website, people are very hesitant to give you their email. Mm -hmm. We live in a world where people literally hate emails. So Mm -hmm. it's important to realize that your emails are valuable and your clients or your prospects emails are valuable as well. They're not just gonna give it to you. The worst thing you can do, I'm talking to all the people who have websites and have just join my newsletter. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. what is that? Like what is a newsletter? How why are they signing up for it? Why like is it just like your blog post? Because they could just... They literally could just find them on your website. Right. You have to give them a free resource and an incentive to to their email. And that's what we call the lead gen because it's, it's, it's generating leads. Mm-hmm. So tangent aside, how this applies to inquiring and booking. So your email is important in this sense for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One, Claire can talk about this a little bit more, but one, follow-up emails are great. Like after you get up a call, it's like getting a follow-up note. It's like Mm -hmm. when, if you've ever interviewed for a job, it's like sending your interviewer like a, that was so great. I love talking about this. Right, You know, let me know if you have any questions or whatever. The second reason why it's great is because the, you can create system. You can create a system of an email automation. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you have a package, and I did this with, a, I'll give an example of a client. So, I had a client who was launching a new service, and. In that launch, she did a free resource. So she had that lead generation. But she knew that if, someone's, if a bride signed up for that free resource, that was a potential lead mm-hmm. for a bride. Because it was only for brides. The, the resource was for uh, her client. Right. So she's a photographer. And so we created a system where people walked through this by process. They got an inquiry email. They got an education email. They got Mm -hmm. a validation email. They got a justify email. And they got, once they made the decision, a decide email. So that's definitely a resource you can use if you're doing more of a service-based or a package-based. But again, I would recommend jumping on a phone call because that's that's the most effective way and Claire Mm will talk about that in our next point but if you're doing more of like a service or something that's kind of like not that not too important not like your main service it's kind of just like a side service Mm -hmm. then emails are definitely a pretty effective way for sure
1: yeah for sure we love emails this is actually something we talked a lot about with Hunter which I think oh yeah honestly I truly think I mean I feel like We do our best to give as much information as we can in all of our podcasts, but Hunter's podcast is so valuable to anybody looking to start a business. So
0: yeah, if you um, haven't listened to it, listen to
1: it. Yes. Anywho, so emails—they're super valuable. Now, there's one specific way that I want to focus. If you're a wedding planner, one way that you can increase your booking rates, your inquiry to booking rates, with one email, and I'm not even kidding you. So let me give a little backstory. I'm a wedding planner. Did you know that? Shocking. (laughs) You are? Yeah. (laughs) I email a lot of vendors in the industry on behalf of my clients. Okay. So they want a photographer. They want a florist. I am sending the emails. I'm doing inquiries for our full planning and design clients because that's what they paid for. And I'm happy to do it. So we do that. The amount of... Then the amount of vendors that I reach out to that either I never hear back from or there's like no kickback email is so high, like 95%. So I am telling you as somebody who has been on the bride side, I'm not a bride, but I've essentially done what every bride does. One of the best ways you can serve your clients right out of the gate. I mean, from the moment that they press submit, you have a kickback email and the kickback email is a cutie little email that says, thank you so much for inquiring. I mean, let's be real here. When somebody inquires with you, they are saying yes to potentially helping you continue your dream of owning a business. Like Mm -hmm. they are allowing you to live into what you are living. Well, maybe you're not living for your business, but it's something that really is a gift to you. And I hope that if you're running a business, you feel that way. So it's a big deal. Like somebody is like investing in you and considering being part of your business growth. So mm-hmm. let's not forget that. And mm-hmm. so your email batch is something sincere and you know, it's an automated email. So it's not like you have to write a personal one every time, but you have an automated email that says, thank you so much. This is when you can expect us to get back to you in the next 24 to 48 hours, you know, Assuming that it's not a weekend and also assuming that there's not also a, like an out of office email, yada, yada, yada. In the meantime, here's a free resource. So we include two free resources in our kickback email. So any human that inquires with us, whether they book with us or not, they get something in, the, in their inbox from the second that they press submit. So I, to be totally honest, have never inquired with another vendor and have gotten one of those back for brides. I'm not saying that they don't exist, but I'm just saying clearly it's rare. So I want to encourage you to set up an automated kickback email that includes a resource if possible. Think about the resources your people need. Are you a photographer? What kind of resources do they need? Are you a wedding planner? What kind of resources do they need? Florist? Like, you know, all of those things. And so that alone, I guarantee will help increase your booking rate is a friendly, encouraging, grateful kickback email with a resource. So, the question you're really asking is how can I serve them from the moment they press submit on their inquiry? So, that is the first one emails, get that kickback email sorted and automated. The second one is calls, it's a call, talking on the phone. We love them. Brie, what is your experience with this? What Before I jump into what it looks like as a wedding planner and all that fun stuff, but tell me about it. Yeah.
0: So for us, I have them book a free consultation first. Like the first thing that they get is a free consultation. And because I'm not getting like loads of inquiries, I respond pretty quickly. Get something on the calendar or or Kelsey, my amazing operations manager, will schedule something on the calendar for me. Mm -hmm. So, but the first thing that they do is I get on a call with them because- that's the most effective way is like hearing their voice. I want mm-hmm. them to feel like like starting your own business is such a vulnerable thing, like, as I've mentioned. Um, it's such a vulnerable thing. And we both know that to be true. That I want them to feel like I'm their best friend. They could trust mm-hmm. me from the minute they meet me. Right. Because that's going to get them to book easier. And yes. then I can also, in that process, I, I talk to them about their story. I say, why did you start your business? How long have you had it? I ask them all these questions. I ask them how I could help them, how I can serve them. And at the end of the call, then I'll, I'll pull them through the sales cycle. Yes. <laughs> and I'll say, um, this sounds great. This all sounds awesome. I'll go ahead and I'll send a proposal over based on what we just talked about. And please let me know if you have any questions. And then once you sign it, we can schedule our first call, there our you know. kickoff call. It's like a very easy process for them and they can expect it. The worst thing you can do is say, well, this call was really great. I'll be in touch. <laughs> like that's yeah. only the worst thing that you can do because then they're like sitting there waiting like, okay, well, what do I do now? And it doesn't mm-hmm. establish trust with them. They're just mm-hmm. like kind of waiting there. Right. So you need to pull them through the cycle and you need to say, this is what we, this is great. Here's what we talked about today. This is the next steps. And I will send you this now. Please let me know if you have any questions and you're putting it on them to decide. Yep. There's nothing else for you to do in yeah. that phrase. You are waiting for them to make a decision because mm-hmm. you've done everything. So, yeah. and then also I like to ask them, and for me, our my pricing is different than, than Claire's she has set pricing for packages, but for me, my our packages are so different that I like to ask them for their budget so mm-hmm. I can create a custom package for them. Go. Obviously, because if they're thinking my price is like way lower than it is, then I'm going to be like, okay, well, that's actually not something I do. But here's what I can do instead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Magic. So magic. So that's my that's my my first thing with calls. I want them to feel like they're my best friend.
1: It all started. When I was running the trails in college and listening to a podcast that was so good. And the host kept talking about the skincare line that she was using, the skincare company she loved. And I was like, I'm a college student. I'm broke. I can't afford nice skincare. But the more she talked about it, the more I became convinced and... She talked about how they were clean products and how they were innovative and how there were simple ingredients and how you could understand what was in the products you're putting on your face. And I was like, hold up, I am a broke college student, but when I do decide to make the switch to nicer skincare, this is a company I wanna go with. That was almost five years ago, and for the past five years, I have been faithfully and loyally using Primarily Pure. Primarily Pure is a locally based skincare company. Pretty local to me. I'm based in Southern California, and they're based in San Diego. They have some of the highest quality clean skincare products. They are good for you and good for the planet, and I just. I just wanna let you know, I literally am obsessed with them. Before I got the privilege of partnering with them, I feel like I talked about them on Instagram every week. I love using their complexion mist. The lavender one is my personal favorite. And using their cleansing oil every night has been a game changer for me. It moisturizes my skin, it takes off my makeup, and it makes me feel like a freaking queen. Literally, what more do you want? So if you're interested in using and switching to some cleaner products this year, you can use the code Grit and Grace at checkout at PrimallyPure.com. Catch you on the other side. Yeah, that is so valuable. Honestly, being able to talk to somebody on the phone, hearing somebody um, somebody's voice, is ten steps better than a, an email. Every, anybody can write an email, but once you've sent that, you've got that kickback email automated. In terms of being a wedding planner. Something that I see pretty often. So let's say, you know, you're a bride, you're inquiring, and then somebody emails you back and they say, thank you so much for inquiring. Here's my pricing. Now, I think I might get some flack for this. I really do because I know that it's pretty controversial. It's kind of silly, but it's controversial in the wedding industry. Do you just send back your pricing or do you hop on the phone with them? I, until the day I stop doing business, will always say, Hop on the phone call with them, and I can say that that has served me really well in terms of booking clients. So a ton of the time, when I again, for example, I'm emailing on behalf of clients. If I just get the pricing back, I don't know who you are, and you might be awesome at Instagram, and I totally believe that you can be, but. I need to talk to you on the phone if I'm going to pay you thousands of dollars to be part of my wedding day. And I don't, I would say that's not a, just a me thing. That's a bride thing. Um, There's definitely like brides that don't feel that way, but that is something really to take into consideration. So anyways, when I just get back pricing, I get it. You want to make sure somebody can afford you, but let me give you this kind of wild example. I got an inquiry a couple months ago. Um, for a couple who they are so dear, and I really love them. And they had said, we'd love to work with you for, you know, partial planning and design or something. And one of the questions on my inquiry is, what are you hoping to invest in a wedding planner? Because I think it's important to know kind of if we're on the same page. And they had sent back a figure that was a couple thousand dollars less than my cost, my pricing. And so I said, I would love to hop on a phone with you The phone with you, but I just want to be transparent and don't want to waste your time that I, you know, our pricing is a couple thousand dollars more than what you currently have listed as your budget. Are you still interested in having a phone call? And they were like, yeah, let's have a phone call, whatever the case, whatever. Hopped in the phone. We clicked. We just like really got along. I totally understood their vision for their wedding and they ended up saying yes to hiring us for their wedding for a couple thousand dollars more than was out in their initial budget. So, that would not have happened if I didn't hop on the phone with them. I right, also, it would have like
0: completely been like, no, nope, not for me. Totally, Goodbye.
1: and I like wouldn't have known how wonderful they are. Like, it just wouldn't have happened the way it did if I didn't hop on the phone. And so, I am just telling you that getting on the phone with a a new client really is going to increase your chances of booking because it becomes so personal and genuine. And to be totally honest, if you were a business owner listening to this it feels terrifying to me. And maybe it's just a me thing to blindly book with somebody that you've never even heard their voice. They're paying you thousands of dollars. Awesome. But you also are about to spend months of your life interwoven with this person. And you might get on the phone call with them and be like, you know what? I think you're awesome. You can afford me. But I don't think that we're the best fit for each other. Because at the end of the day, it's somebody's wedding day. So let's take that into consideration and make sure that the people that they are hiring are really the best fit for them. And sometimes as a vendor, it's your responsibility to say, I don't think I'm the best fit for you. Here's the name of another vendor that I think would work better for you. So you can say that graciously and kindly and all of those things. So the first thing that we said to help increase your inquiry to booking is your emails. Have a solid kickback email, have a resource in there. The second thing is hop on a phone call, which is very valuable. The next thing is be super clear on your details. Like so clear. And it actually kind of ties into what you said earlier, Brie, about getting on the phone, about Mm -hmm. how you want them to walk away with all the information that they need, complete clarity, not questioning what you do or don't do, because ultimately that makes their decision easier. Because if it's clear what you do and what you don't do, they could very easily be like this ain't the girl for us, or they could say this is the girl for us. So I think it's so valuable to do that breeze. You kind of expand on how you do that, but is that the same process for every client? Do you, how do you make it clear for every client?
0: Yeah. So I'll make it clear in the initial phone call, but also this is a really good thing to keep in mind while you're building out your contract. Because in the contract, I have a list of deliverables Great, in mine. So like, if it's like, and, it, and it, I do have a clause that says anything outside the deliverables, I will let you know, mm-hmm. and we can renegotiate the contract, or I might be a $75 an hour. There work. you go. Like, I'll, I'll be very clear about it. So if a client's like, oh, can you do this instead? I, it's very easy for me, and it's like very non-confrontational for me to be like, you know what, actually, this is not in the original mm-hmm. deliverables, but I would love to include it in there. Let me go ahead and rewrite your proposal. Proposal right. for you and I'll, re- I'll send it to you. I'll send it over to you. So it's, it's really easy because then it's not like arguing. You're not like, no, it's like, I don't want to do that. And then you don't build resentment and all these things. Mm-hmm. You can just say like, hey, actually that's not in my original contract. So let me go ahead and resend that to you. I can totally do it. Let me go ahead and resend it to you. Or if you're at capacity and you don't want to do it, you can say like, you know what? I actually can't do that, but let me refer you to somebody that can.
1: Yeah, there you go. The goal here's, the, we've talked about capacity on this podcast before because we are big believers in capacity and maybe we can... Do a whole other episode on what does it look like to book on capacity and why that's valuable. Yeah. Because that's how we I feel like we
0: come up with our best podcast ideas while talking. we're recording other, yeah. <laughs> other podcasts. We love to see it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I think that could be really valuable because it's important to honor your capacity and also honor the clients. Like if they're going to pay you thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars, like... You want to be able to provide them with a great service. So anyways. And if you feel like you're at capacity and like for people who
0: have been established in the industry for a while, if you feel like you're at capacity and you still feel like you're drowning, all those things, that might be a really great time to increase your prices.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had a conversation with a friend recently, uh, earlier this year when I was a different person. I was telling her like, yeah, like pretty much book 100% of the people inquiring, right? Which is a good thing. And she was, and I was also saying, also, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I feel like my life is super full. Like this is not sustainable. And she was like, you got to increase your pricing because if people are willing to say yes to you that quickly, number one, increase your pricing. And number two, it allows you the opportunity to potentially hone in on more of the couples or clients that feel more like a fit for you. And that mm-hmm. process comes through increasing your pricing. So yeah, a whole 100%. other conversation. So, yeah.
0: so anyway, be clear. Be super <laughs> clear. Do I
1: do want to give a quick example and something that I think if you're in the wedding industry, if you're listening to this, I'm going to go back to res- when I do this work for brides and I am the one inquiring. There have been way too many vendors that I will reach out to that. It's just not clear. You know, you think you're being clear. And I want to remind you that you spend all day, every day, day in and day out in wedding industry world, in your own world. So what you do seems very clear. You know, it's super clear in your brain. But if it's not super clear on a piece of paper, if it's not super clear in a brochure, if it's not super clear in an email, your client who has probably never planned a wedding before is going to be confused. I just recently had a phone call with an incredible vendor who I love working with. And I had reached out, you know, I hopped on the call, merged the call with my bride, the vendor myself, just ask questions. And I reached out to the bride afterwards. And I said, Hey, how are you feeling? How was that for you? What do you think? Just checking in. And she was like, it sounds great, but I'm really overwhelmed. And I didn't, I couldn't even blame her because even as somebody who lives in this industry, all the time, it felt a little confusing to me as to what was being offered, what wasn't being offered, what our next steps were. And so the fuzzier that it is for a bride or the fuzzier that it is for a couple, the less likely they are going to book you, right? There's a smaller chance because I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars on something that to me feels unclear, right? So I want to encourage you one super simple way you can do that is create a brochure. Like Brie has deliverables. I have a brochure. You know, I send that to people as soon as I hop off the phone with them. I say, hey, so th- thank you so much for hopping on the phone with me. I'm so glad we got to chat. I'm going to get a brochure in your hand so that when you're talking this over with your people, you know exactly what I offer, what I don't offer, all of the things. And then you can make a much more educated decision. So really important that you're clear, really important that you're not causing confusion. The more emails back and forth, the smaller chance that they're going to book you because the more confused they are, the it just is not in your benefit. So that is our last point for how you can increase your inquiry to booking. The three points that we talked about today, Bree, take Were, it away. Yes, we talked about your emails
0: and why it's important to have a kickback email and provide resources so that they know that you are credible the moment that they hit submit. We talked about calls and why it's important to pull your client or your prospect through the buy process on your call and to make it super clear what the next step is. And then, lastly, we talked about details how can you be clear about expectations? How can you set those easily? And then, we also talked a little bit about capacity and if you're at capacity to make sure that you're clear and you're transparent about that and pass them on to right. other clients.
1: Yep. And I'll just say, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, girl, I want an episode on capacity. Just DM us. We love getting DMs from you guys. So... Or leave a review. Let or us know. leave a review. That's also <laughs> always a good option. If you happen to mention? have forgotten to get us a Christmas present many months ago, <laughs> you could leave us a review. And that counts for like seven Christmas presents in our book. Pretty much. Yeah. Literally yeah. one of the nicest things you can do for us. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I mean, Claire's birthday is in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> I will take a late Christmas gift or an early birthday gift. Either is fine. And both are free because it's just a written review about what you think about this podcast. So yes. All right. Well, that is it for it today. We are really thankful you listened and we will see you next week for a whole new episode. We'll catch you then. Yes. Bye. and Bye.